Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, oh, it's really weird not seeing you and just talking to my screen, but I, I'll, I'll count on that you're all there and um, listening and, and enjoying <laughs> what I have to say. Totally. Um, so my um, my internet might go a bit dodgy too because we've had a bit of rain down here on Yuen Country. I don't know if it's raining up there, um, but my internet doesn't like the rain. But uh, we'll we'll press on and see how we go. Um, so good to be with you all and uh, see you uh, for a bit again and see all of you. And you guys do feel a bit like family to me. Um, we really appreciate where we get to come and, and be together, even if it's uh, virtually like this. I still uh, count you all as very dear uh, friends. So thank you for having me. Um, uh, I'll just start by acknowledging country. Um, and it's... Uh, and there's a few things in, in acknowledging country, and I'll share a little bit about what it is and why I think it's important to me as well. Um, so it's it's a complex and multifaceted thing, country. It takes into account so many different things and all the relationships between them. Um, and so we acknowledge country because country uh, has provided for everything that, that humans have needed to live uh, on the place where we are now. And there's this relationship of beautiful reciprocity that's existed uh, for thousands of generations um, between country and people. Uh, and so it's important for us to acknowledge country and to pay our respects to, to elders, uh, past and present, and the ones that will come into the future because they're the experts in this kind of relationship, this reciprocity and this, this giving and taking and giving and giving uh, kind of relationship. And so uh, I'm wearing my, um, my headband today, which basically is a, is a sign too that, um, that I'm going to engage in something that is uh, a spiritual thing, something that is I'm doing with intent, something that means that, when I'm wearing this, I don't, um, I don't drink or eat, I don't swear, I don't go to the toilet, and don't have bad thoughts. So this is about really being intentional about being in this space, uh, and that's something that's been um, given to me uh, by elders uh, in the Yuan community, and I'm very thankful for that. And so I wanted to just start today by, yeah, just acknowledging that I'm a Wiradjuri man on Yuan country and, and come to this space uh, with good intention to, to, to really engage well with both relationship and story in this place. We have a responsibility in, in all the places where we, we are to engage with the story of that place and everything that has happened in that place continues to be present in that place you know, through the the function of story and so we actually get to play a part in the story of where what the place wherever we are we get to play a story and uh, play a part in the story of that place for right now that affects the future uh, so i'm just going to let my clapstick sting sing for a little bit here uh, to just really bring us in to acknowledge country uh, and to, to just get our 
put us in a really good place. And Chris has already done that by um, singing. And this is an extension of that, I guess, in, in using music to, to bring us into a good place, bring us into a place where we're uh, open uh, and giving uh, and setting our intentions correctly. So I'll play these now. Thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me have that moment in time and uh, sharing my respect uh, for country and for elders and for the relationships that we're engaging in in this space. Um, all right. So about today, um, feel free to ask questions and we might even set up a little bit of a breakout room and people back together again at some point in time too, to break in and break out and have some questions about different things. But I just really wanting to engage in this in um, a really uh, equal way. Um, but yeah, we will try and um, get some of that interaction piece happening so that we can do that. So it's not just me talking because that's, that's not very um, indigenousy. It's not really the way we do stuff. We try and yarn about things and have a big circle and everyone gets to share what they're thinking and uh, so I'd like to do a bit more of that which would be really good um, and this is just a little bit of a disclaimer that this is uh, my perspective and I don't claim to speak for all Aboriginal people and there's so many different lots of us different mobs and different ways of thinking about things and so this is um an Indigenous perspective. This is not the Indigenous perspective. Just like there's a whole bunch of different perspectives and uh, there'd be lots of Christians that would say that I don't speak for them either. So <laughs> I'll put that out there too. But this is just what uh, the way that I kind of view Genesis 1, come to it, uh, and there's lots of room for discussion and I'm happy to have those discussions. Um, I see knowledge as relating specifically to place of its origin uh, and that whole universalism thing to have a knowledge that is applicable everywhere in every situation that's just too tricky uh, to try and work through and you know it doesn't really sit right for me all the time but it might be you know specific things but how we get there I think there's a different um, different way that we can approach that so um, that's why I've got this next slide which is um, in full VHS quality. Um, you can see Colonel Jessup, Jack Nicholson there. Um, so you can't handle the truth is the, the truth, you can't handle the truth. That's the, that's the famous quote from the movie. Um, and, and it's like, that, I'm thinking about that from, for us too. I think, you know, thinking about what truth is, it's about, we can't really handle it. We can't, if we were exposed to it in our human brains and our human spirits, we just can't, there's just 
there's just not enough of us to actually fully comprehend what it is and fully uh, engage with it. So there's there's room for mystery is I guess what I'm saying here. And, and that's what I, I like to create room so that there's mystery and uh, we don't need to know everything. We need to sometimes experience things and feel things. And those are equally uh, good ways of, of experiencing what truth is. Um, so I thought we might just um, read through Genesis 1. So it's not very long. It's only like just 30 uh, verses. So I might just read through it and then... Um, we might, I think after that point, it might be a good point to, to break out, maybe into breakout rooms and just throw some general thoughts about. And I'd love to hear if you've had other perspectives, hear some of that stuff, and then maybe that can kind of feed back into to where I'm going to go next. And we can kind of negotiate that and, and do this journey together. So I'll read through uh, of Genesis 1. It's not that long, so hopefully you don't fall asleep. Um, but I'll read through it and then we'll have a bit of a look at I've got some ideas about some stuff too. So I'm going to read from the NRSV today. I like that version. I think it's pretty good, pretty accurate. Um, and so I'll just read into it. And then we, after I've read through, maybe have some breakout rooms for a minute. And we just talk about the chapter itself. What do you think? What's, what do you, what's going on for you? What stood out for you? Maybe something as we read it, look for something that really stood out for you that you're like, oh, that's really cool. That's really interesting. Oh, I hadn't seen that before or I saw that in a different way when we read it together now. So here we go. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky and in the and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters were gathered together and he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind and the trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs for the seasons and for the days and the years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. 
and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above uh, the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the giant sea monsters and every living creature that moves and every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image and the image of, and in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food and every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. All right, let's escape out. So we might have some breakout rooms if that's all right. Um, Cara, can you do that, or do you want? Yeah, that's, that's great. Excellent. So I was saying in my group, my group had a good discussion. And I think one of the things that, that came out of it was just to go back and it's really important for us to go back and engage with this story again, you know, beyond Sunday school and, and felts on those boards and kind of uh, the, the cartoon version of what creation is. It's, there's something here for us as adults that we can get that actually is a, is a beautiful uh, expression of who God is. And I think that we... Sometimes there's, there's passages in the Bible that we just tend to go over and over and over in Sunday school. There's, you know, there's, there's a couple of stories that kind of get a bit of a, bit of a flogging, I guess, in, in kids' church. And they kind of can um, stay there for some people. And I wanted to ask us to, to let's have another look and try and expand our horizon in, in what creation is. Um, and that whole process of, of God being the creator. Uh, I think there's lots of, um, you know, most indigenous cultures would be very comfortable with, you know, affirming that there is a creator. And so I love referring to God as creator, creator God. Um, and I, um, yeah, I think that's one way that I, I feel really connected to God is when I uh, refer to God as God creator, creator, mighty creator. Um uh, I think there's something really beautiful in that. And I think that's because that in creation, we see 
who God is. We see the character uh, of God. Um, all right, let's have a little look at, at some of the things that I'd like to pull out uh, of the chapter that we've just read. And I think this is um, well, this is from an Indigenous perspective. What are the things that really resonate with me? Um, and I'm not going to to share a dreaming story, but there's there's few reasons for that. But there's there's so many dreaming stories that talk about creation and talk about you know the beginning of time, talking about uh, the dreaming and what the dreaming is, and this whole idea of creation stories. And and I think that it's really good to be able to hold these things. Uh, and sometimes where there's tension, that that's, it's actually good to have tension, that there's creative tension. And it's not necessarily that one's right and one's wrong, uh, but there's a whole beautiful fabric of these stories. And what, what is it within those stories that can really uh, illuminate something to us? And that's what we should be focusing on. Uh, in our group, uh, Brian said, uh, it, was, it was great actually, he's talking about uh, being allowing himself to be impacted by the stories uh, rather than uh, reading the particular Genesis one as like seeking, you know, uh, I guess tidbits of, of truth in some kind of objective manner. Uh, and I think that was really good. And that's what I'm talking about here. That's what we can kind of see. So obviously there's a creator in, in Genesis one story. Uh, and that's a, something that's, familiar to many indigenous cultures across the globe. Um, love there in, um, what's that verse? It says that, you know, the talks about the dome and this sky thing that's created, but we see that the spirit and physicality are, are intimately linked together, that there's not, you know, a, a separate creation thing that happens for either uh, the spiritual realm or for um, the physical uh, existence that we live in but there's this one creation story for both so we see that there's a, a linkage uh, and so we don't you know I think that speaks for me that this is whole thing is is the story is about redemption it's not about escaping to somewhere else or escaping out of here but there's this whole beautiful thing uh, that we're caught up in that that all of it needs to be redeemed and that's what the story is about um, and there's both story and relationship. And that's, to me, that's what country's about too. Country is about those two things, story and relationship. And I think that comes through really nice and strongly too uh, in the Genesis 1 passage. So also um, here we see that God blessed the creatures. Uh, and I love that bit. That's something that we kind of just skim over a bit, I think. But we see there... Um, you know, I think it's day four or five, God blesses the creatures and us says, you know, be fruitful, go forth and multiply that kind of thing. And we're so used to thinking about that as a, as a blessing that humans have um, received, uh, but we haven't really, uh, there, there's a precedent that it's not, there was someone, some other things that were blessed in that way before us. Uh, and I think that's something that we often don't really see. And also uh, we see that the sun and the moon uh, are given 
rulership responsibilities. So that there's something of an agency or an active participation that, that God asks these things that in the West we would see as inanimate objects. But he's saying, no, I'm asking the, the sun to rule over the day and the moon to rule over the night. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. But it's probably got a bit to do with this next thing because we see that uh, people are given this dominion and I don't like that word. So that's a, that's a bit problematic for me. I think of this passage and I'm like, what does that actually mean? This dominion thing. And we see it, you know, coming again in, in chapter two. Uh, that's beyond the scope of this work. Um, but dominion, it's to me, it's rulership. But also we're given uh, an example in the, the sun and the moon because the sun and the moon are also asked to rule. Uh, and how they rule over the things that they've been given responsibility for, I think in a lot of ways teaches us how we can uh, imitate them uh, in their rulerships. So how do we rule and have dominion? I think it's just by us actively being engaged and being fully human. And that's, you know, in some ways doesn't require a whole lot from us except to be uh, and have that, have our being. Uh, it says in other places in scripture, and I, I think that's, you know, that, that's what we're here for. We're here to fully um, exist, fully experience uh, the goodness of God. And that, you know, it's not something that is an onerous task, but something that we can um, let happen through us and experience uh, as we, as we are and as we understand who we are and, and what our, uh, responsibilities are uh, in this world. The other thing that I noted when I came to this passage again, that it's, um, I see this as like super complex. Like there's so much happening in, in um, this creation story in Genesis one. And then it kind of breaks it down a bit more in Genesis two kind of goes again and, and says some stuff, but I I'm seeing the complexity of it is actually really beautiful because it's the, the purpose and the uh, desire of God is, is, I think, explained here in a way that, and I've written a note here, pedagogy, that is about the way that we learn or how learning happens. And in Indigenous way of teaching and learning is very actually similar to a Hebrew way of um, teaching and learning where it starts with something that is the most complex thing and then it will break down the bits of that, which is actually opposite to a more Western style of pedagogy or a Western style of teaching and learning where it might start with the most simple element of a thing and build up to the complexity, whereas the Hebraic and, and Indigenous uh, ways are generally the, the total opposite way around. So... In, if you want to uh, teach someone uh, how to how to um, catch and hunt kangaroo, uh, you start with probably you know eating a meal of kangaroo, and so it start with the the end point and work backwards, and then you you would teach someone how to cook that, how to butcher that, how to do the, all the things that you need to do with that, and then how to uh, get a kangaroo to be where you want it to be, and then how to how to slaughter it, how to hunt for it, how to look for it. And you work backwards that way rather than starting with the kangaroo and then through to the meal, if that makes sense. So I see this whole thing, uh, this creation account 
as the most kind of beautiful way of God expressing his desire for things to be in relationship, for a story to take place. There's lots of drama, lots of big stuff going on. And we talked about the the sea monsters too in our group. That stood out to, to Joe and, and myself as well. I love that kind of the bigness of it. And there's a, there's a bigness and a complexity and a mystery uh, that is beautiful. And I think that's really where we need to get back to and I'll talk a bit about more a bit about that uh, specifically a bit more towards the end Um, and we see yeah and so I'm talking about when I'm talking about that just being uh, talking about being creatures creatureliness of humankind Uh, also it says that it is it was good uh, seven times, and of course, we understand that to, to mean just a full completeness. It was, it was completely good, uh, is what the the writer is is really trying to point us towards here. And I want to get us back there too, because I think a lot more um, of Western theology starts with starts with a problem, uh, problem to be solved, the problem of sin, the problem of evil. Uh, but here, and this is really the foundation of Indigenous theology, is we start with uh, the goodness and the relationship and the way that things were meant to be, and the, the way that God had it in God's heart for things to be with relationship, with uh, beautiful creation, with mystery, with um, just the bigness and the scale of this thing uh, and how we can kind of engage in that. So we'll move on. So creation implies that there's a creator. And I've already said that I love referring to to God as creator. I think that's one way that I can really tap into God's spirit and experience the goodness of God because God created all this stuff and it was all created to be really, really good, completely good, as we've just said. It also shows that there's just such a a beautiful creativity and and a depth that there's not just, God didn't just create a bird, but like all the different types of birds, you know, there's just such a beautiful richness to creation. And I love that, that God has just got so creative, like emus and Gouldian finches and everything in between. Like there's just... It's just something really cool about that that is just beautiful. And I, I think that inspires me to, to, to do that kind of stuff in my own life and to live that way so that the things that I do in my life can express a beautiful complexity and a, a beautiful love and creativity. Um, so, yeah, we see that God is spirit, but obviously causes stuff to manifest physically. And then there's that whole thing about the dome and the sky um, that, that is really interesting there about that, you know, that it was one and then it was two. And I think we see that uh, in, in humankind too. And there, there might be a, a bit more of a thing to, to scratch into there about uh, whether the human mentioned in, in Genesis 1 was, was androgynous or not, uh, and then how that relates to other things and male and female, he created them as whether that them is a singular, I don't know. Like there's, I'm not speaking on that today. There's a whole lot more stuff to go into there, but that's a lot of cool stuff to think about as well. 
uh, all right. And then so creation, uh, so creator, created, creation. Uh, and then there's a part for us to play uh, in this, uh, which is cool. So waters, land, sky, heavens, so the astronomical features, the spiritual realm, realms, plants, animals, people, and all of this to me sounds a lot like country. It's all about story and relationship. And so that's something when I read Genesis 1, I see, okay, this is, this is about story and there's stuff happening and there's stuff happening between the different characters uh, and we're, we're strapping because we're, we're going to go on a, on, a, on a really cool, have a really cool story told to us here. And this is just the very start. But I think um, in stories too, particularly in, in Hebrew Indigenous culture, there's this circular or cyclic kind of nature to them. So we're seeing something here at the start, but it's also telling us what the end is going to look like as well. And so that comes back to the complexity and to the, the beauty of creation as really where we're trying to get back to. And, and things happened and, you know, that's where uh, you read in Genesis 3 that there's this sin and evil and the fall and that kind of stuff that we've talked about Western theology focusing on. And that's not to say that it doesn't feature at all in Indigenous theology, but to say that we focus on uh, the goodness and the blessing and the, the beautiful completion and the complexity of, of what is good because we know that's where we're getting back to. So creation reveals the creator and the creator's goodness. And, and it's worth persevering too. Like we see that, you know, we should be mindful of creation. If we're seeing, if we can really affirm that our creator reveals the creator's self through creation if a part of that creation ceases to exist then we have a part of creation that is no longer explaining or detailing or telling us revealing to us a, a, an aspect of, of what our creator is like so when when one species of animal becomes extinct it's like there's one instrument removed from a huge orchestra and we get a little bit less complexity, a little bit less the, of the things that we should be wanting to see and explain and uh, discover about our creator. We can now no longer really do that in a, in a live way, but we have to reflect on what it would have been like. It's like a bit like having an orchestra and then the clarinets removed and, you can't play the clarinet anymore, but you can look at it and think about what it might have sounded like. It's, it's not the same as what the actual sound is trying to imagine it. And so it's complex. Uh, and I've said this, this about the order before. Uh, I kind of hinted at that, that there was uh, uh, delegations of rulership given to the sun and the moon and that there was a blessing for the animals. I think those two things really stood out for me because those two things came uh, and were given to, to humankind as well, uh, but we weren't the first. And so we actually need to, to learn a, a bit more of hum humility, which is, you know, where the word uh, hummus comes from, which is the, about, you know, the soil, about mankind, about being human. Our humanity uh, is about being humble uh, and that humility 
uh, is something that we need to, to relearn, I think. So we're participants with all of creation. I had found a really great tweet this week um, that I thought was was excellent. So I thought I'd share it here because I think it shares a little bit about some of this that, that I'm saying here. So it says, um, Western cultures believe we must be alive for a purpose, to work, to make money. Some indigenous cultures believe we are alive just as nature is alive, to be here, to be beautiful and strange. And we don't need to achieve anything to be valid in our humanness. And I've uh, added in creatureliness there. And I'm all for that. I'm all for being beautiful and strange, as you can um, see quite evidently. Uh, but I loved that tweet. And I think, you know, there's something for us to learn. We have to relearn that. And that to relearn that will take a humility, which is, you know, based in this whole creation story, because we see that humans created from earth and connected with the earth at that very uh, intimate and special level uh, and that the earth is not just the dirt but I think of that as country and country involves all the different things it involves uh, minerals rocks dirt sand soil trees bushes shrubs vines uh, all the animals, the birds, the lizards, the fish, the whales, the, the, big, uh, the big creatures, the big sea monsters, uh, as well as all the waters and, and the different weather and the rivers and the, the seasons. And yeah, that's what country is. And it's a story and it's relationship. And as, if we can put ourselves correctly into that mix, I think that there's something really beautiful that we can be involved in. And I've talked a little bit about this before, but I'll come back to it uh, here. So uh, we see that that rule and dominion, and I, I, I do find that word difficult uh, to go, okay, what does this mean and how do we do it? But I think as we look to the, uh, the precedent examples of the sun and the moon and how they do rulership quote unquote um, that we can get a bit more of an idea about what it is that we're uh, expected to do from our creator so we exercise our special place by participating in creation and i've said here that you know that for indigenous people specifically is about our language and ceremony and our culture uh, and for all people, actually, it's about, you know, all the, the beauty of all those different languages and cultures and ceremonies coming together and caring for country, caring for the earth. How do we express love and respect and patience and tolerance and all those beautiful things? Um, and that's what we need to, yeah, have a think about. So I, um, I quickly got on uh, Microsoft Paint this afternoon, and this is what I said I was going to come back to, um, because this is uh, really how I see uh, time, relationship, uh, and the story. So if we look at this beautiful circle, we see at the top of the circle, there's two trees, and, and those two trees uh, represent the beginning of time, represents creation, represents... Um, in Genesis, the early chapters of Genesis, it can represent those two trees that were there, the, the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Uh, and then that was where we were meant to stay. It was where we were meant to be right there 
in the garden in perfect relationship, in perfect relationship with our creator, in perfect relationship with each other, and in perfect relationship with all of creation, with the trees and the animals and the, the, the soils and the minerals and all the things. Uh, but there was something that happened that meant that um, that, that couldn't continue uh, so that there was uh, sin happened. And so then we were on a, a journey to get back to there because that, that, that big thing, and that's what I was saying before about how that purpose uh, of being there in that place, in that perfect relationship involved in those beautiful stories, in that mystery, that beautiful mystery, that's where we're going to get back to because that's how stories work uh, in both Indigenous and the uh, uh, Hebrew kind of culture and so there was this then this journey uh, to get to the cross and it's a bit of a circle but it's also got loops because people and mankind kind of just went humankind went off and were brought back to the track so it's not a smooth circle but we're kind of like going this way and then God brings us back to the circle and so we and then we go again a little bit further on and then we deviate off again and God brings us back to the circle because there's this story and there's this beautiful direction that this whole story is going and God wants to bring us back to uh, that garden the, those trees and we see that in in re the book of Revelation we see that you know that the trees are, are there and, and their leaves are for the healing of the nation and there's all that kind of imagery there as well so we know that's where we're getting back to but before then, we have to, to get to this other tree. And this um, other tree is, is the cross. And we know that that's a tree reflecting uh, the, the trees that are opposite it. And we know that that's a tree because the scriptures say that uh, cursed is he who hung upon the tree. And that tree there is referring to the cross. And so there's this cross, the cross of Jesus, where he uh, was victorious and victoriously rose to life again to be a gift so that uh, all the sacrifice uh, that was attempted before could be done away with and we could actually enter into grace and enter into goodness. And now we're on the other side of that cross and so we're actually working our way back into that garden, into those perfect relationships, perfect relationship, as I say, with our creator, with each other and with all of creation. And again, we're kind of taking those deviations and we're kind of going, whoops, and then God's bringing us back. And then in the fullness of time, uh, God will bring us back to that garden and we'll be in that place where we have perfect relationship and perfect goodness uh, between uh, all things and all elements. And that's the, that's the story. And so it's both the start of the story, but it's also the end of the story. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central. <laughs>